Hello, real ghouls. Hello. And welcome to a matrimonious month. <laughs> it's February. It is. And this month we say I do to some of our favorite brides and grooms. Yes. I do until death do we part. <laughs> Because there's a lot of that in all these movies. <laughs> uh, but in a really yeah. fun way. For in the really record. fun ways. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so because it is the month of love, as some would say, it's Valentine's Day. Not Valentine's Day, it's Val- Valentine's Day takes place this month. <laughs> and thus was our inspiration for the rest of the month, mainly because we really wanted to talk about Ready or Not. Yes. Because. That's an awesome movie, and so that kind of inspired our selection for the rest of the month. So this month we will be talking about Ready or Not, which we'll be talking about today, and then Bride of Chucky and Corpse Bride. So go watch those movies so you're all up to date. and um, Make a day night out of it. They're real fun, and that's something that we did this year. Last year, there were like darker, heavier films that we talked about, so to be able to talk about some horror comedies this year... Yeah. It's going to have a little more enthusiasm, a little less of a heavy topic. We don't have to do any sensitivity warnings at the beginning. Love that for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And honestly, I think this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Ready or Not, especially, has become one of our top favorite horror comedies. For sure. So... We love when we're enthusiastic about a film. I know it's fun to hear us gripe about stuff, but this is going to be a fun month. Yes, it is. I'm very much looking forward So uh, to recording. Yeah. <laughs> so tighten your bow ties and your garters and giddy on up. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's it's going Monday. in the wedding speech. <laughs> Before we get into it. Yes. Welcome to Real Girls. We are your hosts. I'm Amy Lee. And I'm Debbie. And we're here to talk to you about spooky, fun, horror-related topics. Yeah. Yes. And today, as I already mentioned, we are talking about the 2019 comedy horror film, Ready or Not. We'll start with our usual summary. If you've been with us for a while, we did have timed summaries uh, they stress Debbie out, and they I got tired of... out, really. <laughs> I also just got tired of editing the ticking noise, and mm. so we're not doing that anymore. We just try to keep it quick, but we try to go into a little more detail and walk our way through it. Okay, so yes. we have this woman... Grace. ...who is marrying a man. Alex. Great start. Mm-hmm. And his family is super stinking rich. Leto Mast family. Yes. Because they are essentially like... What is it? Milton Bradley? Yeah. They are the board game creators. They have a monopoly, if you will, over games. And that's like their family dynasty, essentially. Uh, So it's tradition that when someone marries into the family, they have to play a game with everyone. And this can vary from checkers to old maid 
to hide and seek. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hide and seek is the only bad card, and there would be no movie if we didn't pick this card. So, of course, this card gets picked. And this card yep. is picked by this ghost that the family is uh, devoted to, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and the legend has it that this spirit is giving them all of their wealth and is essentially giving them their dynasty of board games. So occasionally you have to sacrifice something in order to please him, which is why hide-and-seek gets picked. Now the rules of the game are very simple. Our uh, hopefully new family member must hide and stay alive until the sun rises. If she does, Mm -hmm. she wins. Meanwhile, the family that she has just entered into, the Domas, uh, are trying to kill her. And their stake is that if they do not kill her before the sunrise, if they do not properly sacrifice her, they can't just kill her. They have to properly capture her and sacrifice her. They will die. Mm-hmm. And we don't learn this all at first, obviously. She doesn't figure out that this is what's happening until she crawls out of a dumbwaiter and watches the maid get shot in the head. And then boom. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to continue? Sure. Madness ensues. Yes. Love um, it. We have our bride, Grace, now knowing what's going on. And we see that Alex, her betrothed, is not happy about it. And we see his own inner struggle. And he's like, I hate that I had to bring this girl into this, but I had to for my family. And he tries to help her escape. And the family gets mad, and they chain him up, and she gets out of the house, and the butler starts chasing her. Meanwhile, they keep mistakenly killing the maids or whatever, whoever these women are. One of Alex's sisters is completely doped up on so many different drugs. She keeps accidentally shooting people. One of his uncles has been sitting watching a YouTube video on how to use a crossbow. Like, it's all of these bizarre shenanigans Mm -hmm. as this is happening. Like, at one point, she tries to get help from a little kid, which then gives us flashbacks to Alex and his older brother when they were kids and the same thing was happening. Um, So we see all these parallels of, like, what your destiny is supposed to be, what role you play in this family. And as Alex is having this inner turmoil about trying to save her we also see him kind of struggling with like my entire family is gonna die if I let her live right um and the butler's nuts but Grace fights back she doesn't just accept this as her fate she you know of course gets cut up and she puts up the good fight and um ends up killing the butler and trying to escape and she gets brought back into the home mm-hmm. and then ends up killing the mother because she, everyone's trying to kill her. Obviously, she's going to fight for her life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the trigger point where Alex kind of, like, decides to give her up, you know? That's, like, the official Yeah, all of a sudden point. it's like he understands my family is dying, literally, yeah. as this is happening. Um, yeah. And then his brother dies. Yeah. Someone kills his brother because his brother is trying to help Grace escape because his brother's like, this sucks, I don't even want to live if we have to do this to people. 
Right. Um, and, and, and meanwhile, Grace, and I think most people in the audience are kind of sitting there like, what do they actually think is going to happen to them? Like, nothing's going to happen. They don't have to sacrifice this innocent person. There's no reason for it. Like, they're being crazy. Until you get to the end. Yes. And they don't kill Grace by Dawn. Spoiler alert. And nothing happened. They all freak out like as if something's going to happen. And then... Debbie described it as like vampires cowering in the sunlight. Like the, there's this dramatic yes. moment where the curtains get thrown up and the sun hits everyone and everyone kind of freezes. And then you see them yeah. like tapping themselves like, oh my god. Nothing happened. We're, We're okay. good. Yeah. And then someone explodes. <laughs> just disintegrates and everything is covered in blood and guts and then the rest of them start to explode and it's they don't give you time to process what's going on before the next one explodes (laughs) and it's crazy Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of trying to talk their way out of it and even Alex tries to talk his way out of it by trying to get Grace to accept him even yeah, though he because just tried to murder her. Yeah, he survived. Because everyone else has died, and he survived because he has married Grace. So even though he's a part of that family, he's connected to Grace. Grace right. survived, ergo he survives. And he, who yes. just tried to sacrifice her, turns around and he's like, I don't have to sacrifice you anymore, my family's gone. And she removes her wedding ring. And, and as soon... she does that... <laughs> Go. He explodes all over her Mm -hmm. and it's just this great moment uh, on her face of like she's absolutely covered in the blood and guts of these horrible people and she just watched them all die in this insane way after going through her long night of fear and torture and exhaustion and hopelessness Mm -hmm. and just the look of complete just like I am so fucking over this that is on her face mm-hmm. that is underneath all of that blood is just hysterical to me it is so great yeah. she and comes out of this house that is somehow lit on fire and she's lighting a cigarette and she sits down and she's staring at the space where she got married like essentially 24 hours earlier yeah and a paramedic comes and asks her if she's okay and she doesn't respond and he says what's wrong and she says, in-laws. And then they play the, like, most awesome rock rendition of a song. Love Me Tender. Yes. And it's so fucking... It's so good. It's, and that's how uh, the movie ends. And it's just great. And throughout the whole thing, there's just really great one-liners. And the dialogue is great. The performances are great. And mm-hmm. it's pretty much advertised like a horror movie but it really is more of like a comedic horror um because it's not super gory there's really no jump scares it's just kind of like madness and it's fun and I think a lot of the fun comes from the character development work in the in the movie and like I watched it multiple times before we recorded this episode because I just really like it Mm -hmm. And my sister does not like scary movies, but she watched it with me, and she loves it. Like, she's advertising it to other people. She loves this movie. It's so good. 
It's definitely also, like, a good group movie. Like, there's a few people yes. in our group that I really want to pull in to see it because they hate gore and they hate horror and they hate death. But maybe they could get behind this? Especially because the gore is kind of, when it is a little bit more gory, it's so over the top and just extreme and just ridiculous that it's, you can't even really focus on how gross it is because you're just like, oh my god, that person just exploded. Yeah. And Debbie, I I had seen this movie before, and I watched it with Debbie, and I wasn't even watching the movie when I knew this was happening, because I just wanted to see the look on her face, and it's, I can guarantee you that when you show your friends this film, their jaws will literally drop. And, like, people (laughs) don't know how to respond. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Because you're sitting here in this sort of, like, realistic mind state, and you're like, that, nothing's gonna happen to them. And if anything is gonna happen to them, they'll just, like drop dead like it's not going to be a big deal yeah and then that happens and you're just like well I definitely didn't think that was gonna happen that never crossed my mind yeah and you also like have this mindset throughout the entire movie that nothing is gonna happen to this family and they're completely nuts so then when nothing does because it takes a good 30 to 30 to 60 seconds for something to happen right you're like oh my god I was right but there's also part of your brain that's like no you're not Something's wrong. <laughs> well, and that's my thing. I don't think that part of my brain turned on because I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, these assholes are going to feel like absolute shit. <laughs> and the aunt is going to feel like an unimaginable amount of heartbreak because when she did it, she was the her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when she got married, that was the, the last time the family had ever done it. And that was so many years ago. Like, the like Alex, the one who's marrying Grace, was a young boy when that happened. And she went ahead and did it. Killed her own husband. The only person she has ever loved. And if, she, if this family doesn't die, she's going to feel like shit for the rest of her life. And they're all going to feel like shit for being crazy. Yeah. And then they start exploding. And I'm like, oh. There it is. <laughs> There it is. It's happening. Yeah. Um, so, good stuff. It's just so fucking fun. And it's yeah. been a long time since I've seen such a good horror comedy. I mean, like, yeah. I was comparing this to Scream. It is such a yeah. good time. And it is... Ugh. And it was needed because last year a lot of really heavy horror films came out. That's kind of the new, I think, thing. Mm-hmm. For a while it was gore porn like Saw and that sort of stuff, and then it was the haunting films and the paranormal stuff, such as The Conjuring and Insidious, and then yeah. it got into be, like, really heavy, like Midsommar, A Quiet Place. It was really heavy films that to have this thrown into the mix, I think, is just so refreshing and fun, and we need that every now and right. then. Well, and I read an article on um, a website called UPROXX.com, about how the directors of this film, Tyler Gillette and Matt Matt Bettinelli often, um, coincidentally pitched this film the day after Trump got elected into office. <laughs> and they felt like it was as good a time as ever to bring forth just this super sort of unrealistic over the top 
just like fun movie Mm -hmm. um, because there's politically like a lot of really intense emotion surrounding the election and I couldn't agree with them more. Yeah. Um, And part of their goal for this film was to make a horror film that could resonate with audiences beyond the horror audience, Mm -hmm. which I think they achieved because from what I've read, you know, a lot of people um, who interviewed the cast and crew of this film continuously said, I do not like watching horror movies, and so I was not expecting to enjoy myself walking into this film. But I walked away loving this film because it is so much fun. Mm -hmm. The characters are relatable and interesting. The dialogue is fun. The reactions are, like, over the top, but also realistic reactions that you would have to something. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the character work. The story is kind of grounded in reality, and I think that's largely in part to the work that it sounds like the actors and directors and writers did together to create these kind of, like, well-rounded people. Mm -hmm. Um, But also because they did a lot of establishing sort of, like, the inner world of the film and connecting that to our world because um, Tyler Gillette, one of the directors, also said that one of their more subtle goals was to kind of make a commentary on some political things. Um, mostly surrounding class anxiety and wealth Mm -hmm. society and kind of like that kind of thing. Uh, On An article on Variety.com talks about this, about how privilege and entitlement are kind of like a commentary within this film and how those things can be dangerous because, Mm -hmm. and, and that's something we see in society all the time of how um, people who are who come from wealth tend to make more quick judgments mm-hmm. and less thought through sort of um, like they don't think about the consequences of things in the same way that somebody who doesn't have the comfortability of wealth mm-hmm. would think about things. And you see that in this movie. I mean, you have this wealthy family who's... does Like, they're just killing people left and right without having a care in the world. And they don't seem And then they don't have that, to worry about the consequences. Right. They don't all. seem that, like, worried about it. They just will go throw their bodies It's just, in. yeah, mildly inconvenienced. Like... Right. Because they killed the wrong person. Um... So I thought it was really interesting to read about that because I hadn't looked at it that way when I was watching. I was just kind of enjoying myself. I wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. it as, like, a commentary. And and it, it's also kind of showing that, well, people that are wealthy will do anything to keep that wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so... This family is so afraid of losing what they have um, that in order to bring somebody into it... They have to do this crazy initiation type of thing to weed out the bad ones. Yeah. Um, and every now and then this twist gets thrown into it. And you can really tell that it doesn't happen very often, too, because they are absolutely horrible at it. Yeah. And none of them really seem like they want to do it. They just know they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when the sister kills one of the maids I'm assuming and Mm -hmm. they basically say 
all right, well, does that count? Like, can we just count that and, like, not kill her? Yeah. Because I don't think any of them want to do it. They just will hope that that's enough. Well, except Uh, for Alex's wife, who came from a similar background. Not Alex's wife, sorry. His brother. Um, I want to call him Phil. I know that's not right. Daniel? Hmm? Is it Daniel? Yeah, Daniel. His wife. There's this whole, um, like, little side moment between them yeah where he gets a little accusatory towards her because to him he's like you've been waiting for this you you're so intense and you're so involved and I could give a fuck like obviously Mm -hmm. I care about my family and I care about you but why are we doing this and she's not willing to let up and she ends up being the one that shoots him when he's trying to save grace but everyone else is kind of like we're supposed to do this okay and I love the way that they use Alex upon speaking what you were just talking about to express I think that reluctance to leave that sort of community because we see that all the time there's so many people that so badly either want to pretend that they're not as wealthy as they are or they want to be ostracized from their parents or whatever it is Mm -hmm. but the reality of what happens when you lose that privilege is much harder to deal with than just having that we sort of start to experience the shift in Alex when he is um, locked up, he's handcuffed to the bed, and we assume he's asleep, and we hear a conversation between two of the characters basically saying that, you know, don't worry about Alex, he'll come back into the fold once he realizes that it is his rightful place to be at the head of this family. Mm-hmm. And we see him sort of wake up and acknowledged the fact that he heard that conversation Mm -hmm. and part of me feels like that is maybe when a shift happened in him where he was starting to consider stopping trying to save grace because he's like oh this could all be mine yeah he's not just the youngest brother anymore suddenly he might have a bit more power right Mm -hmm. and I think that was where the shift sort of began to happen and then once he saw grace obliterate his mother's head with the box Mm -hmm. um i think he was officially like yeah i think i'm gonna let you go so i can protect the power play is really important and that's something that i think is important as well in the game hide and seek i I know that growing up i always preferred to be the seeker not the hider Mm -hmm. um and in this I mean, she's the hider, but a lot of times when someone thinks that they found her and they think that they're safe because of it, such as when the butler captured her, drugged her, put her in the car, and then he's jamming out. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's supposed to be the one hiding. Right. And it's the same thing with the rest of the family when they realize, like, uh uh-oh, she has more control over this situation. She's not even supposed to know where stuff is in the house, and now all of a sudden she's gone. Right. It becomes a problem. The whole thing is the dynamic of a power play which is really it's a really interesting discussion which i think comes into play so many times throughout the film there are different shifts of power mm-hmm. um and one huge shift is in the beginning you know they're talking about how to play hide and seek and this is pre grace knowing that that includes them killing her mm-hmm. And she kind of makes a point and she looks at the security cameras and she's like well don't you kind of have the upper hand and, and the father says, oh, no, that's cheating. We play the old school way, how it would have been played back in the day. 
um, for fairness or whatever. But also, back in the day, it would have been 12 people hiding, one person seeking, not one person hiding, 12 people seeking. Yeah. But I know what you mean, yeah. And so, once they realized that she might be a tougher target than they anticipate, and because they have never really done this before, most of them, um, I think out of fear of the unknown of what's going to happen and out of fear of this one might best us we gotta raise the stakes they start trying to use the security cameras and all that kind of thing um Mm -hmm. so that's also like another power shift but she just keeps one-upping them and one-upping them and you know lucky for her she was just badass enough yeah to win the fight um, and I had an interesting thought when we were doing the summary. If Alex had known that all this was going to happen and he hated his family as much as he did and all he wanted was the wealth, he could have just played along and dragged it out until dawn. And they would have all died. But if he and Grace survived and stayed married, he would have had Grace. He would have survived and he would have had all the... Mm-hmm. Like, he would have had the dynasty. I think some of that went with the uncertainty of, is this even real? Right. Um, Along with the power struggle that we just spoke of, along with the privilege. Because I think it started out as, I just want this person to get out. And, like, not really caring if it was real or it was fake. And then suddenly being like, is this real? Right. What's happening? Um, Because he was protected as a kid by Daniel. um, Yeah. Who didn't let him see everything that was happening. So I think as that continued to grow, I think we had to see all of those different steps in order to see his character development happen. Because that also plays into the way that Grace handles things. I mean, towards the end, she's absolutely fucking nuts. Because she just can't, she can't trust anyone. The person that she thought she could trust, she can't. And everything has gone to complete shit. Um, And that really, I think, aids in her ability to fight back as strongly as she does. Because I think if Alex was even in on it and like hey we just have to make it till dawn she wouldn't have made it but the fact that she was completely isolated I think is what caused her survival you know for sure and that's something that the directors actually touch on in an interview they say they say that a lot of that fight or flight instincts comes from her background Mm -hmm. that's why to me this movie is very reminiscent to your next um kind of watching this shock of this person who's a newcomer into the fold is totally besting Mm -hmm. us and we weren't anticipating it at all and all of that coming from like it only could have been this person who would have made this happen kind of wrong place right time you know yeah interesting Interesting. yeah something else that we can talk about that I think is really interesting is the commentary on sort of, like, religion and belief um, that happens throughout this whole movie and how how intensely you'll believe in something, whether you know if it's going to come out to be true or not or real or not, and, like, the extent that you're willing to go to protect your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not really sure I'm clear on what exactly it is that their belief is I don't know if it I know it's something mildly satanic feeling it's, um but yeah. I don't know if it's the, if it's the the spirit of Mr. LaBelle that they're 
worshipping. Obviously, in some way, that's what it is because he's the one who decides their fate in the end. But, like, I don't know if there's something beyond that with, like, the blood sacrificing and... I think some of it goes... And this is kind of where part of the movie lost me, but it always does when they involve Satanism because this isn't Satanism, but this is like the cliche Hollywood Satanism that I think they kind of used or they depicted Mr. LaBelle almost as like a conduit or a a server of a a follower of Satan that Mm -hmm. they sacrifice to him and in return he's able to appeal to Satan to get them the things that they want. Um, right. And part of that is that they need the sacrifice for whatever reason. Um, and I think definitely in Grace's case, to have a sacrifice that is as strong of a fighter maybe has, like, more juice. I don't know. Um, that's kind of where I was a little bit lost. But I do think that it's interesting to look at how strongly people will fight for something regardless of if they fully believe in it or not. Right. Right, because... Daniel and Alex both seemed to be non-believers until it got a little too close to dawn. And then suddenly they weren't so willing to help Grace out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see if what pressure will do in terms of where your stance is on believing in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure of the unknown, man. Yeah. And, and an interesting theory I have. Remember in the movie, they mention that Alex is the only one of the family who has ever actually seen the spirit of Mr. LaBelle? Mm-hmm. And you know how at the end, after Alex explodes all mm-hmm. over Grace, she sees the spirit of Mr. LaBelle? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe that signifies that, like, Either it signifies that she bested him and she won, or maybe it signifies that now she has the right to the family estate and, like, the dynasty, maybe? I think a little bit of both. I kind of looked at it as, like, Mr. LaBelle. Like, she beat him at his own game. Yeah, I kind of looked at it as, like, Mr. LaBelle shows himself to the person that he sees could be worthy. That's why he showed Mm -hmm. himself to Alex. But also, right. like, hey, you got me. And look, it's all Because it here. wasn't just, like, she saw him. He like, kind of did, like, a head nod mm-hmm. towards her. So. Yeah. I kind of yeah. looked at it as, like, the dual, the dual thing. Because, I mean, technically, if she's married into that family, that is all hers now. Right. So I think that could also be, like, hey, you beat us. She probably doesn't want it, though. It's probably no. tainted for her. But... And I really, I really fucking hope they don't make a second one. Yeah. With that. Like, it, I really hope they don't take that theory and run with it because it's so good on its own that you it absolutely is. can't. Like, please don't. Please, I'm begging you, do not. And I know it's so right. easy to ask for a second one, whether it's that a song is too short and we want it to be longer or we want a second movie. Like, this movie is so good on its own. It is so good. And I love and that it's... it wasn't like, oh, if you picked Old Maid, this is what it would have been. I love that this right. is the only game that could have gone wrong because if this then turned into a series of movies, it would just not be as good oh my god right (laughs) please no (laughs) and i think for what it's worth it's the kind of movie that you honestly can watch more than once and you're not going to get bored of it because it's just so entertaining and it's just gets funnier every time you watch it 
because you pick up different one-liners and like you realize you make different connections and you see different clues and it's just it's just one of those really like genuinely entertaining fun films to watch and I agree with you I really don't think a sequel is necessary I think we got I think we got the answers we needed for things we understand what's going on the family's dead like Grace survived. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else we could possibly need from this story at this point. Exactly. I really want to watch this with our friend group. I know we just saw it. And we can make a drinking game out of it. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh, something really interesting. Uh, some behind the scenes. Samara we- uh, Weaving, the actress who played Grace, um, from an interview on GQ.com, she said the um, thing with her hand when she got shot in the hand that was a prosthetic hand mm-hmm. um so she had this sort of like placebo pain effect where because her brain saw her hand even though it wasn't her hand it was a fake hand mm-hmm. with a giant shotgun hole in it she had like a placebo effect of pain happening in her head Whoa. so when they filmed the the scene where her hand the nail goes through her hand mm-hmm. Even though that was the prosthetic hand, she could feel the pain subconsciously. Um, So, like, the human brain is just a weird, mysterious thing for something like that to happen. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool thing to hear. And she also made, like, a really cool point in this article about her character. Um, She had mentioned that she had a big hand in the developmental process of the character so mm-hmm. it would go back and forth between her and the directors and the writers to again develop this really well-rounded great character and she said that they really made a point to not make it seem like she was getting out clean mm-hmm. uh, like she was just lucky to have yeah. surpassed and escaped all of these crazy moments throughout the film and that they thought it was really important to not make it seem like it was accidental survival. Um, to And to make it look like she really put up a fight. Like, she really had to fight her way out of this crazy situation. And not just once. Like, it wasn't fight once you're done. It was consistent. Mm-hmm. Multiple times she got caught and had to fight her way out again and again and again and again and again. And I think that was necessary to up the ante for not only her reaction to things and her fight mode getting stronger and stronger and stronger but the family's reaction and their anxiety about the whole situation getting bigger and bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and then ultimately leading to just like these extremely comedic over-the-top reactions to things because both sides want to survive Mm -hmm. and i think they just did an overall like really good job creating those moments in this movie do you have any favorite quotes or anything you want to share i mean there's so many good ones um i mean one of the greatest ones a lot of the great dialogue happens in kind of the opening scene between grace and alex before the wedding even happens Mm -hmm. um and she and this is before she knows anything about the game or the killing or the intensity of their belief in this spirit and all of that um and she says i honestly can't wait to be a part of your moderately fucked up family (laughs) and i think that's great because i think a lot of people in relationships will resonate with that line like you kind of put up with shit 
for the person you love, Mm -hmm. which I think in turn at the end, uh, you kind of see this mirror moment um, when Alex says, I can't let my entire family die because of you. Yeah. And it's kind of like a heartbreaking moment. And in the midst of this craziness, that line kind of like hits hard and you're just like, poor Grace. Like she, all she wanted at the beginning, she, you know, it expressed to Alex's mother that like it was really important for her to be a part of his family because she never had a family growing up. She had mentioned that she was in and out of the foster system and although she had some like great people that she grew up with it it was really important for her to have this like real family mm-hmm. and just to hear him say that is heartbreaking Full because circle, it's like yeah. we were supposed to be family like you wanted me to be a part of your family and it's just it, that's sad <laughs> yeah damn so. that heavy yeah but lots of great moments, lots of good one-liners from pretty much every character has a great kind of one-liner at some point. Yeah. So. I love when she, after the wedding when Alex is, I think, like, you can tell he's trying to warn her about what could happen, but also doesn't want to, like, freak her out if nothing does happen. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, like, just come down to the music room, and her immediate response is, yeah, because that's a normal thing to have in a house. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Which right. I think also really establishes, A, that they haven't been together that long, mm-hmm. B, that they haven't been to that house before, because otherwise right. she would already be familiar with it. And Which I think says a lot no about Alex's inner struggle with the whole thing at the mm-hmm. beginning of the story, because he even says to her, I'm offering you an out, like, I don't, you don't need to be a part of this family, like, it's crazy, and you can see his struggle with it. Yeah. Um... But obviously not enough of a struggle to not bring somebody into it mm-hmm. um, or try to change something. So, you know what I want to see? I want to see like a blooper reel of all of the other people that were hunting her when they got into the family. Like, I want to see what's his name playing old maid. Like, I want to see just mm-hmm. like a little montage of those things in, yeah, that in between be the crazy games of hide and seek i think that would be so funny right anyway i think it's really important too that they establish that difference of comfortability in the environment because although the family is comfortable in the environment they're not comfortable with the situation necessarily Mm -hmm. because they suck at it (laughs) they don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. it's not just that they don't want to be doing it they have never had to do it yeah so they don't I mean, except for, like, the aunt who is excited about it and gung-ho with her, like, acts. Um, I just think it's a really interesting play on a lot of different things. And Mm -hmm. they did a really good job of establishing and exemplifying all of those things. Yes, I agree. It's a really good film. Um, Really good. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope you can find the inspiration in our photo series for this month. Uh, we had a lot of fun working on the photo shoot. We got help from my sister. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, had fun with some fake blood, some cheap wedding dresses. 
So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Ghouls um, so that you can see all of those fun posts this month. That's going to be a good time. And make sure to subscribe um, to stay updated on all of our new episodes. We've got some fun things planned for this month Mm -hmm. and for further on in the year. So if you want to stay updated, please subscribe. Please rate and review. We'd love to hear what you guys think. We're always looking for ways to surpass Mm -hmm. and improve and go above and beyond. So please share with us your thoughts. Yeah. I think that covers it. Yep. Then until next week, keep it cool. Keep it really cool. Bye. Bye.